in this one. Snoop Doggy Dog. You need to get a jobby job. Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie. Now that I got me some secrets, gin. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now this type of shit happens all the time. You gotta get yours, but fool, I gotta get mine. And everything is fine when you be listening to the DOC. I got the cultivated music that be captivating. He who listens to the words that I speak is I take me a drink in the middle of the street and be macking with this dude named Rashani. Rashani? My homegirl. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was freestyle, you know. I just kind of threw in a little something, something. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> yes, oh. yes. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my little show, a little podcast that takes you back to the funky, fresh '90s. I am your host, and if you haven't figured out the topic of this episode, it's none other than rapper Snoop Doggy Dog. All right, really excited. Let's see. Today is a treat because I have not one but two guests who have both blessed this podcast before. First up is a co-host of Single Simulcast Podcast, as well as the writer and producer of Sin and Solace, another podcast, and a writer and producer of yet another one called Storytellers. He was my guest on episode number five on MC Hammer. Referred to as Derek Jones, but this time he goes by Rashani. Glad to have you back. How you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. You know, I, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, but I knew, like I said, once I got my mic and my headphones and got into my groove, it, it's, it's going to come together and it's coming together. But um, I'm excited to have you back because we had so much fun doing MC Hammer. I mean, I was hyped after that episode and just delighted when it came out so I'm, I'm i'm excited to have you back and i know the last time you were on you told us a little bit about single simulcast and a little bit about sin and silas which is still on my list but i didn't know that much about storytellers so why don't you tell us a little bit about that all right so check it out storytellers is what happens when you have an overactive mind and friends who can help you come to fruition? Storytellers is myself and uh, my co-host, uh, Erica, um, and two guests. Um, sometimes we have standby hosts, uh, sometimes who will show up with us and make a foursome, but sometimes it's just two folks that uh, say that they like to tell stories. And it is imperative that you like to st tell stories because what we have is a box called the Storymatic. Mm. And with the Storymatic, we pull out three cards. One card is a person. The other two cards is a place and a situation. And each of us start telling a story. Now, the way that we start telling a story is we simply tell you what the uh, person is, the place, and the theme of the story. And then we pick numbers. Wow. Uh, so say I get number one and Erica gets number two and our guests get three and four. 
separately from one another, I'm going to go and I'm going to record my story. My story is going to be three to five minutes um, and it's likely going to be just the intro. I will then take that story and send a copy of it and only it to Erica. Erica will hear my beginning of the story. I won't hear anything after I send out that beginning. After that, it's done for me. I send the beginning over to Erica. Erica listens to my three to five minute story and she, using the same theme and everything, continues on with that story for her own three to five minutes. She then takes her part, not my part, just her part, and sends it on to the next guest. The next guest never hears my section of it. They only hear Erica's section of it. Erica doesn't hear their section of it. She only hears my section of it. And they record their part, three to five minutes, continue on her story. And then they take their part, not my part or Erica's part, just their part, and they send it on to the next guest. And the final guest will close out the story. So it is four people making a story where the first person doesn't know how the story is going to end and the last person doesn't know how the story began. It is literally that old school game telephone with four griots sitting around. And then after we all record our parts, we put them all together and we sit together in a Skype or a Google Hangout or whatever it may be. And we play each part and wow. each person discusses what was on their mind when they were thinking about it. And they're surprised when they hear what it goes into or how it began. And we talk about it for a good 30 minutes. So it's a 45 minute to an hour long show. Um, we're hoping to really we already got the first part recorded. We just need to all sit down and lay it out. But it's going to be hitting the ground pretty quickly. Um, the Twitter for it is story tailspin and yes that's like the cartoon t-a-l-e-s-p-i-n um and be on the lookout because we're going to be dropping within the next couple weeks wow that actually sounds pretty damn unique i haven't heard of anything like that you said so the next couple weeks mm-hmm. okay cool i will definitely have to check that out and depending on when this comes out we can uh, provide a link and some more information so very very cool very creative awesome. Okay, my next guest is also the host of two podcasts, one being Stays Crunchy and Milk, and also a pod called Cass. He drops some mad insights on episode number six, A Tribe Called Quest. Back again is the Internet's Tayrell713. What's up, man? What's good? What's good? I'm back. Yes. With a slight cough, my apologies. I keep trying to mute my mic when I cough. (laughs) That's that's life. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me back. Yes. Excited to have you back, too. Um, I think that The Tribe was the last episode I edited, and oh, gosh, I have so much. I've, I'm so proud of that episode. I um, very much enjoyed it. I, I shared it everywhere I could share it. I, I, I really did dig it. Like I said, it, it, it turned out very well. I, I felt so much better after listening to it. I was like, oh, I don't sound like an idiot. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not mess up your rhyme. You did good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I was particularly proud of it. And I did a couple things a little bit differently that um, that I was really proud of. So the whole thing was better. I, I really, really loved it. It's the best part about editing is you, as you learn your little tr- tricks for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's at this point, like, I could never have somebody else edit my show because... I know what I do. Right. It's like, and, and I'm sure there are people who are like, I could, I could do that for you. I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I just, I have my own thing going and if Mm-mm. you do it your way, that's your way. And I have my way. So yeah, I'm developing my own style. Nobody can yeah. like replicate and duplicate what I'm. Yeah. Exactly. You have, I you feel have your you own brand. Yeah. So let's get into it. Snoop Doggy Dog. Okay. Let's start from the beginning, man. I got a lot here. 
Calvin Cortazar, okay, I messed it up. <laughs> Calvin Cortazar Broadus Jr. was born on October 20th, 1971 in Long Beach, California, the second of three sons. His biological father was mainly absent from his life, so he was named after his stepfather, Calvin Broadus Sr. He was given the family nickname Snoopy as a child, which is also when he began singing and playing piano at his local church. By the sixth grade, he fell in love with rap music. As a teen, and as so many troubled teens often do, Snoop ran in with the wrong groups of friends and soon joined the Rolling 20 Crips in the east side area of Long Beach, though he later denies joining a gang. After graduating from high school, he was arrested for possession of cocaine and spent the next several years in and out of prison. Snoop, along with his cousin Nate Dogg and his friend Warren G, recorded homemade tapes as a group called 213, named after the Long Beach area code. He recorded an early freestyle over in Vogue's song Hold On and had made it uh, and which caught the attention of producer Dr. Dre, who agreed to meet with him. In 1992, Dr. Dre began working with Snoop as Snoop Doggy Dog and recorded the theme song for Deep Cover, the film by the same name. From Dre's album The Chronic, Snoop was featured on the hit track Ain't Nothing But a G Thing, which ended up at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Before we even get into the debut album, Rashani and Tayral, do you remember Ain't Nothing But a G Thing? By heart. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with you. What do you remember? Everything about that era, uh, yes. as we as we arrived into the G-Funk era, was, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I was, uh, let's see, 90, if we go with 90, what, 91 is when uh, Deep Cover dropped. Mm. I was like, holy cow, that's, that's Dre from, from NWA. This is like, so this is post-NWA. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, the angry uh, Easy versus Dre times. So it was like a very familiar time for me, but uh, I remember, I, I remember uh, the chronic kind of dropping on the low for me. Like I didn't realize the chronic was coming, <laughs> and being told and being told about it by some kid in Spanish class, oh. and was like, oh, okay. So picked up on it, really got into it, and was like, okay, well, this is some of the the best stuff ever. So that's I, I fell in love with the whole the whole notion of Dre and Snoop and uh, and, and and those. Kids. That's his MCs and producers and stuff, and it is uh, it is important to hip hop. That thing, that album is uh, is it goes in like in the upper echelons and the pantheons of, of of you know probably on the Mount Rushmore of hip hop. Mm. Is that important of, of of the records that have been out there? Love Deep Cover, love the Chronic, and 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 so forth and so on as we go as we go down the line. It is it is my yeah, it's it's it's, it's a part of me for real. Yeah, Rashawn, you have any thoughts on that? I'm from Cali. <laughs> <laughs> kind of I mean, a done deal at that point. I mean, it's, it's closed curtain. Like, that's really all I got to say. I'm from Cali. Um, you've made the mistake of having me on twice <laughs> for West Coast rappers <laughs> when I'm from the West Coast. So, first of all, again, shout out to The Box. Oh, um, yes, yes. And uh, Yo! MTV Raps mm-hmm. um, at that point in time who made it their mission to play this video over and over again. Oh my goodness. Um, yes. So much so to the point where I can tell you that my favorite part of the video is literally that little boy. Yes. It's like this and like that and like this and uh, it's like that and like this and like that and uh, it's like this. So who gives a fuck about those? So just chill. 
to the next episode. In front of the car. Yes. Bopping his head up and down his hydraulics are bumping, and then he drops. And I'm like, that is so cute. That was adorable. I was 11. I, I should have guessed because as soon as you said my favorite part, I instantly saw that tiny little boy with his little arms like this and like that and like that. Mm-hmm. It's like this. And then his little arm stops in air. <laughs> exactly. And it's like everything about that video, everything about that song, everything about that album just sang to us. And I'm oh. still furious that you Spotify for not putting the chronic on Spotify. I'm mad about that. I'm literally upset about that. Um oh. But ain't nothing but a G thing was just so smooth. Mm-hmm. It was so like like Snoop talked like 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 the folks I know, mm-hmm. like just laconic, like laid back. Like, you know what? Ain't none of y'all touching me. Ain't none of y'all messing with me. Ain't none of y'all getting on me. And ain't this ain't nothing but a G thing. If you don't understand it, you can't get 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 the fuck out. <laughs> just chill to the next episode this ain't for you and i didn't smoke weed but my cousins and my homies and my uncles and everybody else had them clips back then they had the roach clips and they were listening to that music and they were grooving to that music and i felt that music through my soul there are three albums that i will always talk about that changed my life mm. one was Apocalypse now okay. one was the chronic and one was Liquid Swords by the Genius. Oh, wow. And the Chronic, oh my God. Dre, he's 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 got to be grateful for the rappers that he brought in just like they need to be grateful for him. Because Snoop came out and made that song. Made nothing but a G thing, his own. I don't even remember Dre being in it until I think hard. <laughs> you're, you're right. I, he did. I think when I think back on it, I feel like it was Snoop's song. I forget that it was Dre's because that was like, our, that was my introduction to him. But he really did. For me, as an East Coast girl, I think that, or East, yeah, East Coast girl, I th- first of all, everybody, everybody loved it. I think it was the first time we looked at the West Coast like, well, damn, we, we want to be West Coast too. But yeah, everything about the video was just iconic. When you mentioned what you did, I see the video, and I don't see all videos like that, but that is just like embedded in my brain. The thing that I remember also most about the video is whenever I hear that do 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 that baseline, I see the party and everybody's bopping the same way. And I guess I assume, well, that's how they do it over there. So anytime I hear it, I got to automatically put my hand up and bop just the mm-hmm. way they did it. The girl with the ponytail, everybody is just like, it was like this whole world. And we were all introduced to it and everybody wanted to be down with it. But yeah, it was major. But yeah, like I, I associate that with Snoop. I forget that Dre was even a part of it. I, because when you really think about it, when you really close your eyes and think about this, people, from the very beginning of that video, it was all about Snoop. Yep. Like, even when Snoop was leaving out to get into the car, there's a girl on behind and saying, Hey, Snoop, I heard your new album is the bomb. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh. you don't even know that this is. A Drake, like, I don't know. I don't know. Snoop took that and ran with it. Like, if you didn't know after uh, Deep Cover that Snoop was going to be somebody, he took the chronic and made that the chronic featuring Dr. Dre. Exactly. He did. That, that, like I said, that, that album changed hip-hop going forward. Everybody wanted everybody wanted to do that. They wanted that. You know what I'm saying? The, up and down the West Coast, because I listen to a ton of West Coast rap, G-Funk was the sound. Uh. 
people were sampling mm-hmm. all kinds of funk music of all sorts and, and from 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 you know saying to the bay on down it was just what what it was it, be, it became that became the sound of california for a yes. long time and even still even now like every now and again now, now some of the new some of the new cats come through with a, with what they you know they take on the g-funk mm-hmm. it, it, you gotta remember just, at that point in time it was almost a golden era of production uh-huh. coming out of the west coast all at once like dr dre was there um uh dj quick was doing his thing and Do dj quick on later on adopted the g-funk as well warren g was doing his thing yeah. Mac Dre was doing his thing a little bit further up north. Uh, Rick Rock was doing his thing. And you got all these producers just learning from each other and just growing. And they all learn from Dre. Mm-hmm. They all got the G-Funk era from Dre and went from there. So the chronic is just, and Snoop is just. That's all you can say. When it comes to the West Coast, all you can say is the chronic is just literally, possibly, without argument, the greatest West Coast hip hop album of all time. Wow. It's right in the middle of it. Wow. And you know what? You're totally right, because the amount of exposure Snoop got from it smooth it made a, a an entry segue into his first album because by the time his album came out i think we were all anticipating i felt like he had been out forever and i was it was hard to believe that that was his first album but so see due to the large amount of media exposure snoop received from gaston dre's work there was already anticipation when he finally released his own solo album doggy style in november 1993 this album helped introduce the hip-hop subgenre of west coast g-funk which I love. And the album was widely praised by critics for Snoop's lyrical style and delivery. And it debuted at number one at on the Billboard 100. The Source magazine named it as its 100 best rap albums and Rolling Stone listed it as one of its essential recordings of the 90s. The album would eventually be certified quadruple platinum and by November 2015 had sold over 11 million copies worldwide. Doggy style. Now I remember Tayrell, you had mentioned this same month, November '93, is uh a, a, was a big month in hip hop for other albums that came out. I, and I didn't know that at that time. And then you said, I was like, oh my gosh, it just completely took me back to Doggy Style. Woo! I listened to Doggy Style the other week in its entirety. Now what's crazy about this is, is as much as I loved a tribe called Quest, I liked them then, but I didn't realize how much I loved them until much later. I never actually purchased an album, which I'm embarrassed to say cuz they deserve all my money. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, I don't know what it was cuz I wasn't that much into rap that I would actually buy an album, but I I, I bought this album like right I was obsessed with doggy style i listened to it the other day on spotify thank you for having on spotify end to end the whole damn album just i I don't i don't even have the words it's just crazy how much i love it how funny it is and what's funny to me is that you know if you really listen to the lyrics Compared to what's the climate of the day, it's misogynist, it's it's um, it's vulgar, <laughs> it's everything that at 15 years old, you should not be listening to. My 15-year-old ass was in love with this album. Oh my gosh. I'm going to let y'all jump in. I'm, I need to take a little break. <laughs> I'm going to take it's, a breather right now. <laughs> doggy, doggy style is your problematic, your problematic fave. Woo. Yeah. And it, it, I got... Yes. I got that album from what the hell was the record? I don't know. Whatever the record store was at, at the at the at the mall by my high school. My boy Devin caught me the copy of it. Day one, 
which means if you had a if you had a day one copy of Doggy Style, it means you had an extra track on there that eventually had to get taken off the second press. Yes, because the clear uh, the the, uh, the the sample wasn't cleared. It is my favorite song off this it's album. Literally the best song on the album. I miss I miss, I miss it when it, that it's not there. And so basically, oftentimes I will make a copy of Doggy Style and just reinsert this song. It is a uh, G's up, hoes down. It is the Look of Love sample by Isaac Hayes. And Isaac Hayes was none too happy that that sample was used. Oh. And on subsequent pressings of Doggy Style, that song is missing. It is the best song on the album, and it ain't there no more. Saddest thing in the world. It is the best song on that album. I'll tell you right now, it just comes through. It like so. Uh, so you know that part of the song where it's like, "My name's Sam Sneed. I think you better recognize." Yes, we were All quoting right, that. Me well, yeah, and my sure girl, thing. we didn't know nothing about that. We were quoting everything. Or you better. Re- we were saying that for weeks, months. Yes, yes. So for so for everybody else, it slides into pop, 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 which is oh. awful. That's a that's that's terrible sequencing. Because what belongs there is dun 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 dun. It belongs. It's doggy style. I mean, I mean, it's he's supposed to. That's what it should be right there, and it's perfect sequencing, and a perfect song on this great album. G's up, holds down. The song you never knew should be right there. Pump Pump is a fine song, but it don't belong right after I think you better recognize. You Not at all. What? And that's the that's the version I have. I remember the pump pump coming right after that. So I must have came in late. Nah, pump pump was more the above the rim soundtrack than it was uh doggy style. What should have happened is you just hear him <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just hear that beat come in and then you hear Snoop say, Yeah. Oh my god. This is going out for my niggas. <laughs> Up, hose down. Like it's a two-minute song. It's not that long, but it's so essential because it is so freaking wonderful. And 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 when you were talking about um how on MC Hammers uh they put me in the mix, how yeah. they didn't have the real version. Yeah, this is how we Still feel better. about Jeans Up Hose Down. What? That's exactly how we feel. The oh. lyrics, I know them by heart. Oh I, I love them. I love, I still got my, I threw all my other CDs away except for that one just so I could have G's Up Hose Down. Um, it is lyrical excellence. And I have thought, I have thought for a very long time that, that Snoop freestyled the majority of his lyrics. Wow. I've thought that for a long time. But G's Up Hose Down, he didn't freestyle that. That is lyrical, that is lyrical clam chowder. It is just perfection. Now, do you th- they pulled it? Is there any way to get it? Do you think you can find? YouTube. Like, I- oh yeah, YouTube, and I and of course I have it on my in my own hard drive because oh, yeah, oh yeah, these yeah. things have to be had. Yeah. It's just like I said, it belongs on the album. I wish, I mean, Isaac Hayes been dead for a long time. I wish they could get it cleared <laughs> and just like sh- stick it back on there. But I don't know. I don't even know how Death Row's uh, recordings are are archived at this point. You know, this so it, it it needs to come back because, ladies and gentlemen. Pazim Pimps, listen, Snoop Doggy Dog was on the mic. Y'all should pay attention. Pay attention. Oh, my one, God. Two. Oh, what, what shall I do? I'm slipping on my khaki suit. Which, Which one? one? The blue one. <laughs> it's like, come on. That's how you know. That's 
that is how you know he wrote that. That is like very, it's, it's too good. It's too good. Which one? The blue one. Gun by my side as I mob through the beach on a mission as a, come on, man. He warned you as I look for the dub, Zach, to see you with my love, Zach. Oh, oh my gosh. So basically, I have to, I have to find this. Oh my goodness. Drink, drink like a motherfucker. Cack it to the knees. Bitch, bitch please. <laughs> <laughs> On Snoop Doggy Dog, not your average motherfucker. See, some of y'all don't know about the G thing, baby. It's a smooth gangster funk that be driving you crazy. It's like groove to the beat and you groove to the sound. I'm gonna hit you up with the pound. G's up, holds down. Now all the real stand up and all be accounted for. Oh my god! (laughs) I want that song in my life right now. I'll be listening to it shortly. As will I, because I'm gonna have to hit YouTube because I feel so out of the loop. I had the 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 like the B side version, and I did not have that. Y'all schooled me. Oh my god! It's 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 like it is almost well as you just said. It sold you know diamond. So it's like that first that first pressing went out. That Mm -hmm. first set went out, and no more. That was a quick that was a quick uh, cease and desist. You know what's funny about it is. The West Coast back in the '90s had a had a few albums that ended up having to do this. Like E40 came out with his first album, The Federal, um, and his first album has a, a, a litany of great songs on it that he had to change the entire background music to or take out entire parts because he didn't get clearance on them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of West Coast rappers they were just like, "Yo, let's slide this on there and see what happens next." And the back then, because of gangster rap and the way that it was, a lot of folks were getting in good with the press by saying, I don't approve of that gangster yeah. rap crap. And so they were like, You my songs on there? I don't approve of this. And so it happened with like three or four different rappers on the West Coast where they had to get stuff pulled off their album or else had to take stuff off their songs in order for it to make clearance. And it's such nonsense. Have you know how many times the look of love has been sampled since then? Exactly. By by some of the, the, the most grimy of dudes. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Isaac Hayes, you played my man Snoop on that one. Tell it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I definitely have to check this out. I had no idea. And I thought I had the I thought I had the full version. Now no. salty. And you never heard that song before. Oh my God. I'm waiting to hear your response. Like, oh my God. All right. Oh my Oh well, that's a that's a that's a double dare. I'm gonna have to check it out. I just made a note in YouTube missing track. I need to be down with it. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! Well, let's get to some songs I actually heard of. Jenna Juice. <laughs> Y'all heard of a song called Jenna Juice? I know that one. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop Dogg double G, but I somehow, some way, keep coming up with funky ass shit like every single day. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware, but I've, I've performed at the karaoke a time. I, <laughs> I was going to say, that's one of my top karaoke Because there's only a couple, there's actually very few rap songs where I actually know all the lyrics, Jenna Juice being one of them. And it's, it's even funny that I even learned it. I don't know why. It's just something about Snoop songs. It's just like, it's so fun. And it just seemed like this good ass party time. Like, I just, I just had to learn that one. I just absolutely loved that in the video and. Him getting his braids done, that that whole. I mean, yeah. Uh, Rashawn, what do you think about Jenna Juice? No, no, no. What, what I think about Jenna Juice, whenever I think about Jenna Juice, I think about this dude who was on Def Comedy Jam uh, back in like 93, singing a country version of it. And he was saying, rolling down the street, dipping red man, sipping on JD. Woo! <laughs> Put my mind on my truck and my truck on my mind. <laughs> and, um, it just struck me back then how a song that I had heard, a song that I had loved, had made it all the way to New York 
or had made it wherever this guy was when he came to New York to do this on Def Comedy Jam. Um, and it, 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 it now it, it startles me how big that was because the Internet wasn't there. People for me, it was like, wow, people are hearing this worldwide. That's crazy. But Gin and Juice was literally the perfect single. Like, what's my name was OK. But Gin and Juice was it like folks were going to sing that no matter where they were because it was catchy. Mm-hmm. It had you. It brought you in. Oh, God, it that, was. he could do no wrong. He could do no wrong. Laid back. Right. And I like to think that he actually, um, well, okay. I'm going to just say real quick. So, you know, for me, this album was just like the start of this quasi wannabe gangsta be phase that I got into at about 15 years old, 10th grade in high school. Me and my best friend, because it wasn't just me. It was like a whole, it was a whole bunch of us. But, you know, I went from being a, you know, a pretty quiet, mild-mannered, bespeckled, book-reading girl. And then some, Snoop Dogg came out with all this G-Funk. Because, again, this is all heaven, heavy 70s and funk, which always gets me. Because that's kind of like my roots. My mother, like, raised me on those type of albums. And every single track was just, like, really heavy in that. But with his delivery and these beats. And I just kind of, like, lost my mind for a little bit. All of a sudden, I'm wearing flannels and the chains and... Uh, you know, I don't know if I did the cornrows. I was thinking about it. The boys I was looking at had the cornrows and the bushes and grills. I remember I had a crush on a boy named Dirt because he looked like Snoop Dogg. He was dirty and looking and stuff. And I mean, we walk around calling people biatches. And I mean, I think my 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 level of cursing just went two hundred percent. It went from like zero. It was fuck this and fuck that and bitch and holes and da 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 da. And what's just crazy to me is when I listened to the album the other day. You know, as a grown woman, if, if this would have come out today, I would be, oh, I should be so offended, so disgusted, so, you know, oh, this is not, you know, it's not PC at all. But in 93, at 15, not knowing anything about that, not really even caring, oh my gosh, I was just so influenced by it. I wanted to live this type of life. I mean, I used to say, we don't love them hoes. I was a girl. It didn't matter. <laughs> We loved it that much. My justification was, well, I'm not a host and they're not talking about me. I, you know, I remember girls, like, I know, bitch. But I was like, well, I'm not a bitch, so they're not talking about me. You're not talking about me, so it's okay for me to call everybody else's bitches because, you know, it's in a song. I didn't care. It felt so good. It was the hot, I just, I was just completely like engulfed in that whole thing. And I was just like a whole wannabe little street gangster thing. That was, I was trying to do it. That's all I know. But um, yeah, Tayra, what would you think? Of, of, of gin and juice, of gin and juice, or whatever songs you're feeling, we can go down I, all of them. I just, I, 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 I always laugh at gin and juice because of, the, of course, the smoking, smoking on the video version. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, smoking, really, smoking, yeah, say, yeah. We can't just say smoking Indo. We just can't. We, we all know what he said. <laughs> and in fact, we all gonna say smoking Indo in that place. But I guess MTV was not gonna let that fly. Mm-mm. And I, I can't remember. Did the box let him get away with smoking Indo? Was or was it was the same thing? Was it just smoking, smoking on the box? No, the box let him get away with it because at that time the box is also playing a song by Mr. Grimm called Indo Smoke. Okay. So the box was the underground for all of us hip hop heads. They were our underground music. Yeah, I don't think they censored hardly anything. They did not care. I wish they would have censored something so I could have popped up and been like Luke and two live crew. Right. <laughs> and they were played heavily, heavily. So no, they were smoking in yeah, so the box. I, that, 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 that's one of my particular uh, memories of that, like the MTV cut of it or whatever, the VH1 MTV cut of it, like smoking, smoking. I'm like, why would y'all ruin that song by doing that? <laughs> 
I just, ugh, I hated it. Uh, and Juice is a perfectly, like I said, perfectly pleasant song. Great track. I like it. What's my name is 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 lovely. Uh, but as we as we slide down to it, we know what the one is. And oh well, you know what we got to talk about is uh, uh, what you gonna say? That's Flick Rick cover. What is that? Uh, Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie. Thank you. Well, I remember it being. I remember, uh, I remember it being like such a shocking time because people were like, "We don't do covers in hip hop. That's not what we do at all. That's, that's strange." But he added his own little flair into it. You know what I'm saying? His own little twist on it. And but like I said, I remember just being shocked by somebody doing a hip hop cover because it's just not what we did. It's not what we did at that time at all. And so it just it's it stuck out as as, as strange and and kind of interesting. But he he, uh, as the story goes, he very much loved Slick Rick. Was very much a huge fan of him and wanted to do his take on it. And he did, and I and I dig it. You know, I I I I get down with Lottie Dottie. I love it. It's not Lottie the <laughs> I, I mean, how do you feel about the original Lottie Dottie? I, you know what, I liked like, it, and at that time I wasn't that familiar with it. I probably heard it a few times. I knew it was a slick mm-hmm. rick because I remembered that, but this became bigger for me, just I guess out of exposure. Plus, I don't know, this was yeah. just funnier. I I, thought, I found the whole album just hilarious. Everything. I just thought it was so hilarious. The it was stories. a it was it was a comedic album, yeah. The bitch so. been around before my mother's born. I mean, <laughs> the story is just. I, yeah, I was listening to it the other week, and that's actually been stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm at work thinking, and with your wrinkle pussy, I can be your lover. I'm like, this is bad. This is really bad. And I'm at my house, like, don't just stop. But yes, I forgot about Lottie Dottie until the other week. That song. And yeah, yeah, it was a great I, cover, but I kind of forget that it was a cover. It, and, and like, like I said, that was new to hip hop at that time. But, but really, if you think back to it, it's not because lots of MCs. I mean, that's how hip hop works. And you know, it's functions. You know, it, it it ends up being oh, we just do what other cats have done and get the party started. So actually, it, it makes sense that a cover would be done. But like you said, so direct and so so blatant was new to the to the game at that point in time. Yeah. But everybody was saying, throw your hands in the air, wave like you just don't care. It's just what we did. It's like we, we, we had been doing it this whole time and not recognizing it. Yeah. Snoop came, Snoop came through and did it with such blatantness. There's like, oh, okay, there you go. Now, can we talk about these interludes? Because I think one of the things that makes this album so humorous is, if I remember correctly, I think it's an interlude in between every single track. There's like no silence. And every single one of them... It was like a conversation, a, a scene, or something, and it was all like so funny. Let, let, and, hmm. I, I, my, oh my! The you're talking about the funny ones. Yeah. I want to talk about the interlude that made a song better for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, interlude that literally made a song, a good song, a great song for me. Okay, go ahead. Hey, hey man, you Snoop Dogg. Snoop, huh? Snoop Dogg, you Snoop Dogg, fuck that. Yo, yo, that, that that Snoop Dogg, that Snoop, yeah, that Snoop, <laughs> fuck that nigga, <laughs> fuck that nigga, <laughs> and just start catting on him. Like everything else before that song was all not not happy go lucky and lighthearted, but it was party music. It was like sit back, relax, smoke some weed, have a joint, whatever. Hey, yo, man, you Snoop Dogg? Yeah, I'm, you Snoop? Yeah, that Snoop Dogg, fuck that nigga, <laughs> like he's a dead motherfucker now i rewound that about 
spit 11 times. <laughs> because for me, interludes and music go hand in hand. For me, honestly, the best part of, and I'm going to go off on a little bit, but the best part for me of Ghostface Killer's Iron Man mm-hmm. is the intro to the very first song. Like when he, what's doing our turf, punk? Snoop Dogg's interlude to Murder Was the Case was perfect. It fled right into the song. It had you. It, it had you gripped. It had you right there, and it was amazing. And he should have never made a movie out of that shit. Mm. Mm. My goodness, yes, everything. I mean, the interludes really tied the whole album together. Like, and I love the fact that they were full of them. So. It wasn't just the music. It wasn't entertaining. It was like storytelling. It was like almost mini movies, mini vignettes. Like you could see the parties, the, the guy peeing. You could hear the, 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 the ladies. It was just so vivid. It was very well done. I do have to bring up, this wasn't an interlude, but it's an intro to a song, which I shouldn't sing it because it's really, really vulgar. But oh my gosh, it was one of my favorite parts of that daggone album. So the song is... Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. I don't know if y'all remember the intro. <laughs> I'm at work listening to this the other day, and I'm just giggling to myself because, I don't know, as teenagers, we thought that this was just the funniest thing in the whole world. When I met you last night, baby. Do y'all remember that? Before you, Before you opened up your gap. Yes, and it starts out all R&B. Like, it's going to be a nice little R&B love song. I have uh, a dog. <laughs> But now I take it all back. I mean, oh, I knew guys that were falling on the floor, dying. And we did, too. We thought it was the most hilarious opening to any song. I just I just love it. And when I heard it the other day, I was just, oh, my gosh. I had to listen to it, like, twice. Because I never, never met a girl. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. And, and I just want to I just want to point out that it ain't no fun out here in California actually had a radio version. Oh, get out. How? Um, I have no fucking clue, but my mom loved it. What? Mom loved it. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And then she heard the real version and she was flabbergasted. <laughs> oh, because that was that was back when they had whistles in for bad words and stuff like that. She just thought there were whistles. <laughs> so, yeah. They also had a, um, a radio version for bitches and niggas. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we we milked everything we could out of uh, Doggy Style. So she didn't know Doggy Style was the album it was until it made it all the way home. And by that time, we was like, it ain't no fun. Because their version was, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Right. So we were like, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Guess who's back in a bloop bloop house? Who would have back? <laughs> I mean, come on. Like that's that's that, that must be the most one of the most difficult radio, radio edits to have ever created. Right. The whistle went crazy on that one. It was like bloop bloop house with a back <laughs> and my mom enjoyed it. I don't know how she heard it, but it was the best. Wow. Uh, but the the guy in me right now, like I can say, I love that album. I love that song. It was a horrible song. Oh. The whole yeah, 
That song I mean, the whole down. album was horrible as a whole, but that song was really, really bad. I'm a fuck you, and but it ain't no fun unless my friends get to come in here. You know what? Yeah, that's what's crazy to me is I, I'm like I'm, I'm a grown woman. I've got a child. I've got a home. I've got degrees, but I loved <laughs> this song. Like I look back at like my 15 year old stuff. Like come on, girl. But at the same time, like my goodness, like the things that were cool to you then. Like I said, if it came out. Today, I would be so offended and insulted and disgusted. But in 93, I was singing along like everything is peaches of cream. It's just it's just funny. It's just funny mm-hmm. how your mind works. Like, I didn't care. I didn't care about none of that stuff. The other funny thing about this album. This, <laughs> I'd always be broke. I never had no motherfucking endo to smoke. <laughs> really corrupt? <laughs> really? This is OK. Never mind. Corrupt continued all the way through uh, with uh, Foxy Brown and just went completely bad on women so he never stopped but please continue yeah the only thing i was going to add to this album which was like the cherry on top is not only did it like called catapult this little phase that i was in but it 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 uh it submitted the word biatch to my vernacular permanently (laughs) i think that's where it started i don't know if he created it but I think I said that well into my 20s or 30s in the start of Snoop. Snoops did it, and I never forgot it. I've, I've been saying it ever since. So he was quite an influence on me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so before we get into the next album and the next couple albums, Tayrell, you did mention the Dog Pounds, Dog Food, and Murder Was the Case soundtrack, which was like in between, you know, his next album, The Dog Father. For sure. And, 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 uh, we, as I feel like we'd be remiss to not speak about uh, dog food because dog food is is the beginning of the of the war. Mm. It's 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 uh, because uh, New York New York is on there, and New York New York is what set off the East Coast West Coast uh, feud that led to uh, deaths and, and 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 many a song and so forth and so on. But what's it started right there, probably with no intention. I don't think Snoop was like, oh, let's set off. Let's talk shit about the East Coast. I think it was just meant to be just a good time and be fun. But people in New York don't play that shit Mm. and did not take it well. And it started what became the East Coast, West Coast feud. And I will tell you right now is the direct. I will say straight up and down was the direct causes. Direct. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Direct cause of of Snoop and Big passing. I mean, I said Snoop and Big. I mean, Farby Pac and Big passing. Mm. Because. That 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 is a uh, they 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 became the victims of that you know mm-hmm. it it the, the, the like I said the entirety of the East Coast West Coast beef started started with that song with uh, with New York New York and it's such a dope song <laughs> it's like you feel bad because it's such a dope song uh, it's it's uh I want to say uh, was it Daz or Corrupt who did most of the production on that Daz Daz uh, Daz, Daz the producer the production on it yeah yeah so it 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 has a very uh, it's, it's, it's so good. That, that album goes. So that's another one that, that you know gets respect. But like I said, that video for New York, New York had the motherfuckers knocking the builders down. They talk about that shit to this day. They'll talk about it. People oh, bring it up on in, in 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 songs to this day. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a big deal. And once again, like I said, these are these are these are historical moments in all of hip hop. And uh that's that's why that is important. That's why I felt I felt we should at least, you know what I'm saying? We gotta at least, you know what I'm saying, point that out and talk about that a little bit. Murder was the case was like this soundtrack, this movie, this experience, Snoop talking about literally, you know, because he had been, you know, charged with murder. Mm-hmm. And so they did the the remix for that song all, that was, you know, from from Doggy Style. And I love the Doggy Style version of Murder Was the Case more than I like the remix. The remix is too produced. 
it's too much going on there. It's in, in my opinion, and and so I love the original version better. But like I said, that album kind of I realized Death Row was doing the dang thing, but Murder was the case. Like put Death Row Square on the map. You was they were that, that was a label not to be not to be touched after that album when that album dropped, and at least you know in my neck of the woods. So that's why that's why I, I think that those two particular albums uh, they matter a lot. And blame of course Snoop is all over both of those records. So right. the best part to me of Murder was the case. I mean, I, like I said, it should have never been made a movie. But as far as the soundtrack, the fact that it had, um, oh, man, Daz and Corrupt on there, what would you do? If you could fuck with me and my crew. That song slapped so hard that it's it literally carried me for the next year and a half. Uh. Period. Period. And it, Daz and Corrupt, like they had always been, even after Dog Food came out, they were looked at as Snoop's protégés protégés they came out and just destroyed that track snoop was not on it anywhere and just oh god and it's on spotify <laughs> it's nuts <laughs> but um i can can i um i'm i'm likely gonna have to leave in Aww. a few can i jump ahead to the future real quick because there's one album that you don't have on here yeah that that's actually fine because when I was looking at my when I went back and looked at my notes, I noticed that they everything was like a big paragraph, so some things were missing. So yes, by all means, go ahead and jump and do what you got to do. So after Snoop came out with Doggy Style, he put out a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, um, this is going to be Rashani's editorial because Rashani has to leave pretty soon. Um, he put out a bunch of bullshit uh, because he left after he did the dog father, which was bullshit. He jumped over to No Limit and then put out bullshit. Yes, and then. When he got to the end of his bullshit era, he found he found Dre again. I almost said that like he found Jesus, but he found Dre again, and they put out the last meal. And the last meal was literally the best album Snoop had put out that wasn't called The Chronic or Doggy Style because the last meal had uh, who's in in the Cadillac, Snoop Dogg, the Timberland. Uh, produce what's my name part two. It had wrong idea with badass where I don't want anybody nigga, to get the wrong idea about me. I don't have nothing to hide. I want the world, world to, to see. see. I'm a gangster, gangster, nigga, gangster niggas do your dance. Like that whole album was just incredible. The production was incredible as long as he kept them no limit niggas off of it. Um, <laughs> He had losing control on there. He had brake fluid, pump your brakes, bitch. <laughs> bitch, pump your brakes. Uh, he had Lay Low on there, Stacey Adams, which if you've never heard that song, it is literally a song made from a pimp for pimps. Uh, the chorus of the song is quite simply, Tyrell, I'm sure you remember, we stay on point like Stacey Adams. <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yay, yay. That's the whole course. So Snoop, the reason why I liked uh, The Last Meal so much, not just because he brought Dre back, not because he brought uh, Daz and Corrupt and everybody back, but because it was what his next album after Doggy Style should have been. Um, it was Snoop, a more mature, a more mature Snoop, who had this confidence in himself to go ahead and lay it down like this. Like when he left uh, Death Row because of 
you know, uh, Suge being Suge. Mm-hmm. Um, Reasons. <laughs> right? He um, came over to No Limit and tried to fit in with the South and realized that he shouldn't try and fit in with the South because Wolf Motherfucker is a horrible song. Um, so when he made The Last Meal, that was just him being his beautiful Snoopy self. Oh wow! What I love, what I love about the last meal, and 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 I remember hearing interviews around that time. Snoop said, "I named this album the last meal because ain't nobody eating off my ass no more." Ever again, right? And that, and it's yeah. real. Wow. Just imagine him saying that and doing the uh, what the Rock used to do when he do the people's elbow, where people just waving his arms over their faces. I ain't feeding none of y'all no more. No limit can kiss my ass after that. He went out for himself and really made. You know, that's when he became a successful producer and television and movie on his own rights. But if you've never heard The Last Meal, I encourage you to hear that. I encourage you to hear G's Up, Hose Down. Those are my lasting legacies for this show or those masterpieces. All the rest between Doggy Style and The Last Meal, the only thing that was good about them was those ugly ass covers that everybody in the South was making. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because, like I said, I had made some notes. But between those two, I found there was a lot more going on that I didn't have note of. But I really don't remember a whole lot between them. But I'm glad that you actually dropped no. that knowledge before you had it out. Nobody does. Those 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 albums between those two, nobody listened to them. They all went gutter snipe. Like... <laughs> Oh, hey, we'll, we'll discuss the whys of that in your absence, good sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that y'all going to have a wonderful time. I just wanted to make sure that I spoke on my second favorite Snoop, well, third favorite behind the chronic of all time. Um, again, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for giving us your time. Thank you. And dropping knowledge before you peaced out. <laughs> y'all be good. It's love, baby. All right. We love you. Biatch. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, Rashani. Okay, on that note, how do we pick up? Um, we'll jump back in. We'll go. I, I would suggest, forgive me, this is your show. I can't help myself. That host in the me comes out. That's okay. Let's, let's step back and take a look at The Dog Father and okay. talk about why, and why it's so bad. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> So first, I gotta I gotta mention, you know, Snoop did have that murder charge, which I have is November ninety three. That's crazy, because that's exactly when Doggy Style came out. Basically, a, a rival gang member was shot and killed um, by Snoop's bodyguard, and Snoop was charged since he was the driver of the car. He was not actually convicted, but he did have the charge, and then that brought on the murder was the case, and blah say blah. Uh, then November ninety six. Snoop released his follow-up album, The Dog Father. This came after the notable death, uh, uh, death of Snoop Dogg's friend and label mate, Tupac Shakur, as well as the conviction of Death Row Records co-founder, Suge Knight, for racketeering. Dr. Dre had left Death Row earlier that year, so Snoop Dogg co-produced The Dog Father with Daz Dillinger and DJ Poole. This album had a different style and was a departure from the G-Funk of Doggy Style, which is probably why I didn't listen to it. I was all about G-Funk. <laughs> the album did okay, but suffered a bit from sophomore slump, selling less than the debut. So there was mad drama behind the scenes within the label. Following Dre's departure, Snoop refused to produce any more work for Suge Knight, with the exception of a track called Fuck Death Row. Not really familiar, but it sounds interesting. And he later admitted that royalty payments were also withheld from him. 
All music stated that after The Dogfather, Snoop Dogg began moving away from his gangster roots into a calmer lyrical aesthetic. End quote. Uh, prime example, Snoop participated in the 1997 Lollapalooza concert tour, which featured mainly alternative rock music, a pretty big departure for rap artists. So the dog father, I can honestly say I don't remember this album. <laughs> That's because it was terrible. So remember last time we talked, I told you how I, I never, ever, ever listened to uh, the love movement because mm-hmm. I knew I, I knew the background to the love movement. And I was like, well, I won't I won't be bothered. Mm-hmm. The same the same stands for the dog father. Uh, it, it I knew that Dre had left. I knew that Suge wasn't happy to be there either. I mean, oh. forgive me. Snoop wasn't happy to be there either. I knew that he was forced to make this album but because he was contractually obligated to do it. And I was like, well, this album will get no, no, no. <laughs> it, it will have no play around me. But I listened to it uh, in, in preparation for, for this show. And it is uh, just as awful as I always suspected it would be. <laughs> and uh, truly it is. It's, it's, it, it, it lacks everything that makes, that makes Snoop's great. You can tell he's not into it. His... Yeah. Uh, Lyricism is 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 just is lacking. Uh, they tried to make another hip hop cover, and that they did the Vapors, which is a Biz Marquis song, and it's fine. But I, I can just go to the Vapors. It's 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 you know it, it it does nothing. It's not as good as a Lottie Dottie was, you know. Yeah. And so it's like you you couldn't get lightning in, catch lightning in a bottle twice on that one, and it's just it's bad, and so. There's really nothing to speak about on the album other than the fact, like I said, the, the, the chaos that came with it, which you just spoke of. Yeah, you know, and so after I had did my, after I sent out the initial notes and then went back and did my studying, then I found there was a bunch of albums before we get to the last meal. And there was actually very little detail written about each. And after what Rashani um, told us, you know, it actually makes a lot of sense. There was 1998's The Game Is To Be Sold, Not Told, 1999's No Limit Top Dog, before we get to 2000s, The Last Meal, I don't think I could find, I just, I couldn't find much of detail on him at all. So I just kind of like, you know. Yeah, he, again, again, he, he yeah. uh, basically uh, what happened was uh, uh, Master P was able to buy out Snoop's contract. Snoop, Snoop was contractually obligated to do, uh, I want to say maybe five albums. So or maybe, it may be six or seven, but it might, like I said, he, he's contra- he was contractually obligated to do a number of albums, mm. which means after his, after his contract had been, had been bought by Master P, he still had to finish out that contract, which means that's how you probably you get you know, uh, paid the cost, not paid the cost, but uh, uh, games to be sold yeah. and Top Dog and all these other things. And if we go, if we look it up here, I actually have some notes that I wrote. Let me pull that up. Uh, if we look it up, uh, uh, the game is to be they so not so. Mm-hmm. It is like Beats by the Pound, which was uh, No Limit Records' in-house production crew at their best, but it just has nothing going for it. It's like Snoop clearly doesn't want to be doing this. He he's accepting it because he you know he has to you know he has to feed his family. He's under contract. He knows how he knows how this has to play out. Mm-hmm. I would not doubt if he had uh, uh, people in his ear to say, "Hey man, just get them done." And be done, and that's the, the thing with No Limit. I don't know if you remember the No Limit era. Yeah. No Limit had No, no Limit had a record or two out every week <laughs> for their entire time. So they were they were prolific in that they were consistently producing and, and dropping albums. So it's easy for Snoop to go to No Limit and almost quickly be wrap up this his his contract his contractual obligations, you know, and, and and get through it. But like I said, that first album, it's 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 paint by numbers. It's very. Uh, 
it doesn't have the panache that you come to expect from uh, from Snoop at that point in time. In between, just like like right before he left, no, uh, 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 Death Row. Forgive me. Uh, he had a song again on the box that was getting a little burned. Midnight Love. I don't know if you recall that. I don't. But it was it was making a little bit of noise. So it seemed like in Snoop's mind, I remember like again, I remember the interview uh, interviews around that time. He he was thinking that they could maybe get something popping at Death Row, but whatever whatever uh, that that contract got sold out from underneath him. And like I said, he go he has to go work at No Limit. No Limit is down there in uh, New Orleans. That's where they are. They were headquartered and so forth. And he gets to go make those mediocre albums. Not just, just it's and I I am not a fan of No Limit's work. I never was. Mm. So it's like I speak from a a, a a bias, if you will. So don't if you love No Limit, hey, I'm not here to yuck your yum. Enjoy. But I thought No Limit was some of the trashiest rap that was ever created, <laughs> and that's why you don't hear. And and it's also why you don't see a lot of these no limit cats out here in this day and age. They didn't last. Yeah. They didn't make they didn't make music to last. They didn't make MCs to last. I thought a fiend is out there somewhere still. Every now and again, you can go find some fiend work. But that's it. Not a lot of people uh, from No Limit was just like a, it's a it's a it's a, it's a come and go. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it went. Yep. So no, like I said, I hear Snoop, you. yeah. So so Snoop suffered in the in, in that time, but not. It, it was it was just it was just like patience, you know what I'm saying? It'll get greater later. And it really did. Because after that, he like he did last meal, which which like Sarasani had just spoke on. Mm-hmm. And then we get into uh the chronic 2001. He gets to be back with Dre uh, uh, on a voluntary basis, you know what I'm saying? Dre can kick with him whenever he wants to. He gets to start kicking it with Pharrell, Timberland, all these people who can who bring out the best in Snoop. Yes. And that's when he takes off. He's no longer Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog, as a matter of fact, was left at death row. That's that, that name. They might, I think they might own the name. He became mm. just Snoop Dogg after this, you know, and he's been Snoop Dogg going forward. That because that's his. His own he owns that. That's right. And I didn't note that, but he did eventually change it just with Snoop Dogg. The Doggy yeah. Dog got changed at some point. But yeah, that's yep. true. You know, everything you said makes sense because when I was noting for I, you know, first of all, when I was doing the research for Snoop, I had no idea of all, like it was long. It was yeah. a lot to go through. And at the same time, it was a lot of little tidbits. It wasn't a whole lot of detail about um, some of the middle work. Like Doggy Style had a lot of things. And after that, it was just a list. But it was still a lot of information. I was like, my goodness. But it makes sense that those albums were contractually obligated works because i was like i'm scratching my head and, and even though it's listing tracks i'm like mm, not ring a bell i pulled up spotify for a couple of like no i don't remember that in the radio so you know what it's over with moving right on but um <laughs> you're right once you got with different producers and everything then we get into some more memorable things now just like i did with mary j blige i should preface this by saying we can't get into everything because snoop has a long ass career i mean we know Prolific. he's still around but I did not realize how much stuff he's done. He's done a lot, and he's had his hands in a lot of different things, too. So we'll have to just touch on some of the most memorable stuff. But let's see. In 2002, he released the album Pay the Cost to Be the Boss, which sold 1.3 million copies. Good for him. The album featured the hit songs From the Church to the Palace, which I don't really recall. But it also released Beautiful. Yeah. I bet you if you thought that. about it from the Church of the Palace, if yeah. I, oh, it, went, that, it was that. Bump, 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 Snoop Dogg. I bet you you know it. You just don't know, but you know it. So um, I'm going to make a little note that Charlie, go check it out. You speaking and you might not know. 
but I definitely remember beautiful featuring guest vocals from Pharrell. Oh, I remember the era of Pharrell. Everything <laughs> he touched turns to gold. It says at this point, I, uh, Wikipedia noted that at this point, Snoop Dogg replaces gangster image with a straight pimp image. I don't care. All sounded good. All I know is beautiful came out. I'm, I'm, dun, 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 dun. I'm, yep, yep. <laughs> now, now we're getting back into some good stuff. Um, let's see. Pay the cost to be the boss. Yeah, now we're getting back into songs that I really loved. Um, Pharrell was just fire. Everything he touched for me. Can't do no wrong. I just love that track. Um, and then, so now we get into the 2000s. Then we get into some later songs. I don't know if you had any thoughts about Beautiful or any anything else on Pay the Cost. Oh, no, no. Uh, 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 Pay the Cost is a good, is a, is a lovely album. Uh, <laughs> what's the one after that? Pay the Cost is RNG. RNG is a... Uh, I, I'm going to call it a classic, but I'm being loose with that definition. <laughs> but he was on there with had Justin Timberlake on there. Oh, uh, had, uh, Charlie Wilson was all on that album. Uh, like it's uh, no panties is on there. No panties is a dope ass Snoop song that people probably used to sleep on. Oh, <laughs> so I think I forgot about that one. Is it no panties or fresh panties? I don't know. Either way. <laughs> Actually, let me just see. Well, what's worse, no panties or fresh? Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> track listing. Let's see. There's no panties or fresh panties. I think it may be fresh panties. Uh, from Moose Promises, yeah. Promise Eye that Promise Eyes is like so good. Who is oh, that's when he's like at this point, you know, what I'm saying he was cool with uh 50, so 50 got a song on there. Mm-hmm. You get another W Balls interlude, so you get one of those giants. Um, oh, the balls. You get a song with Lil John. It, like I said, the, the RNG. Is a real, a real, real, real good album. So I, I would, I would say, I would say, you should, you know, yeah, jump on that. Let's get blown. Let's get blown. Neptune's produced that. Yes. Oh, love Neptune's. Yeah. It is. It, it is yeah. indeed fresh pair of panties. Forgive me. Oh, fresh. Okay. <laughs> so not no panties. It's a fresh pair. Megan. Which I guess I should have known because it's. Like, Do you got a fresh pair of panties on? <laughs> I got to know. And you should show me. So it's like it's okay. a very, uh, okay. it's a it's a very specific song. But pr- <laughs> Promise I, produced by Mr. Porter, and uh, you probably know Mr. Porter from D12. He's one of the rappers from D12. Oh, okay. And uh, he produced Promise I, and Promise I is amazing. So I'm, I, so I would tell you that if you go, if you can go pick anything out of uh, off of RNG, go go give uh, Fresh Pair of Panties and a Promise I list. They like back to back. Go listen to that whole album. That album is. It's kind of fantastic. What was that? 2004, 2004. And as I look through his uh his little over here, I see Snoop got a habit of dropping albums in November. Mm. How funny. Let's look at, and also just a quick like just just his no limit time. It's time at no limit. Four albums. The Dogfather, mm. The Games to Be Sold, Not Told, No Limit Talk Top Dog, and The Last Meal. And listen now, now now so here's the here's the thing that makes these interesting. August 98. May ninety nine. That's not even not even a full year between dropping. Like I said, that's how. Like I said, there's no limit. There's no limit contract was going to be his easiest thing to get out of mm-hmm. because they drop stuff so fast. Next one, December two thousand, and of uh, uh, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, not yeah. Ninety ninety eight to ninety nine. So ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand. It was just like boom, 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 boom. That's Done. a lot. That's a lot. It is because, like I said, late. It started late in '96, so it was almost already over. So let's say from '90, he was he was done in like three years. Basically, knocked that out, that whole contract out, three years time, and it seems as much. You know, what I'm saying the quality of the work is just not there. Mm-hmm. 
the last meal was dope because at that point in time, Dre had been had been doing what he was doing behind the scenes to start getting financing and everything together that became what would eventually become Aftermath. And so he gets to say, hey, Dre, come produce for me with no issue, you know, and that's how we get the last meal and, and, and why it's so good. And then going forward, Snoop is his own man, free man and, and does his own damn thing. Yep. So blue carpet treatment. If we jump to another one, man, another good album. Ego Trippin' is pretty good. I think Ego Trippin' is the one he did a song with Willie Nelson on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they did a weed song together. And you know what? It should surprise me because Snoop has always been very experimental. I feel like yeah. he will work with anybody that's cool with that that that, that digs him. That's the one he did. Uh, I believe Sexual Seduction is on there. Sexual Seduction. Is that on there? I don't know. I wanna take my time. That's when, like I said, like you, like you just said, Snoop was Snoop is is quick to be like, I'll, I'll mess around to see what I can make happen. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he does do that. Man, he has so many records. He like, does. I was really or, overwhelmed. Like, oh my goodness, how do I break this down? Because it's just you know, it's just a little podcast. We can't make it a three point. Yes, it was. It was way more than I thought. As I look through it, I don't remember Malice in Wonderland. I do remember the documentary. Nothing on Reincarnated. I don't know Bush. I don't know Kool-Aid. I don't know Never Left. I mean, and this gospel album that he just came out with, like, the other day, I've not heard either. Right. So. <laughs> right. And, I mean, like, I haven't heard most of these, but he, he stayed doing things. I was, yeah. I was that's, like I said, I was overwhelmed. And that's why <laughs> it took me a little bit longer to get it to you. Because I was like, how do I break this down? Because then the thing is, well, just because I haven't heard it doesn't mean it wasn't something out there. But... Well, that's the that's the, that's the good thing about you, your, your, your the, the show. The show you is, is like we're gonna stick to the '90s, so you you kind of cut <laughs> a good a good I don't know two thirds of him out because he yeah. was he was prolific beyond that, you know. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting to the very last track that was really really big for me, and that was "Pop It Like It's Hot," "Drop It Like It's Hot." <laughs> I knew so many people had it as their ringtone, that little snap, 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 popping, snapping beat. That that song that, that was it. Yes, Pharrell. Pharrell, the Neptunes in general, Pharrell and Chad, their production abilities yes. is something that you. I know you eventually end up doing a show about. Mm. They're too important. To, they're they're too important to music in general, not just hip hop music, because they work with so many like artists. That again, I know I, I know that's going to end up coming around. So. But yeah, dropping like a hot is something special, isn't it? So, it, it really is. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how long it was in the charts. Uh, that's something I could have looked up. But that was just one of the biggest songs on the radio at that time. People for months, months, people were singing that. So for me, that was just like his last really big, big hit that I actually could recall. And that was 2004. But um, and I feel, I feel like that was yesterday. I'm sure that still yeah. comes on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's what it's it's a classic song, so it it it, it can't help but uh, still come about. Yeah, after that, um, like we said, Snoop did so much stuff. We can't even get into it. That for dropping like it's hot for me was the last really really major one, but it still feels like yesterday. It doesn't even feel that old. He did a bunch of stuff that we we can't even get into. Apparently, he collaborated with Katy Perry on California Girls. I know yeah. that. Yeah. And I <laughs> what? I think Snoop has collab his collaborations. 
probably another long list. Um, he did eventually change his name to Snoop Lion when he converted to Rastafarian. I don't care. He will always be Snoop Dogg to me. But, you know, he's he's living his life and he's doing really good. So I'm, I'm not mad at him. He's got a long list of film credits and TV credits. Can't even get into that. But he's been in so much stuff. I consistently hear how, how not just how nice a guy he is, mm-hmm. but how very professional he is. Wow. Like when it's when it's time to go, Snoop is there and, and ready to play and ready to, you know, spit and so forth. So it's like I like uh he is he's not just a, a, a fun guy and a, and a and a gifted and talented MC. He is on his business because ain't, ain't nobody trying to play around and lose production money, you know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money to just be in the studio. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, like, I guess Snoop ain't like, trying to pull, spend that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just get it in. Let's get it done. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. You know, I, I had finished these notes up the other day and I was flipping through Netflix just two nights ago. And I noticed a, a new show or some new to special on Netflix called, I think it was called either Snoop Coach or Coach Snoop. So mm-hmm. I just checked out the trailer and apparently, I think it's about um, him either being involved or starting or maybe even coaching some sort of program, um, coaching inner city youths in his area and just helping out, you know, the kids in his area. And, and I didn't get a chance to check it out. But, I, I, you know, I made a I remarked in my mind like, wow, look at Snoop still doing things, doing new projects, trying new things, giving back to his community. And yeah. damn, if he ain't aged a day. He still looked like he did and in, in, in the 90s. He still looks the same. He looks healthy. We don't really hear too much about him as far as scandals and controversies anymore. I anymore. mean, be back in the 90s. But I kind of looked at him like, look at him. You know, he's a father. He's a family man. He's doing good things. I just felt like kind of proud of him. Like, look at him. He's still, he's still out there on Netflix, yo. Yeah. Look at the next show. That murder. I mean, and, and just just to speak to it for a lot, that murder that murder charge came from a, Cal, a California district attorney's uh, office that just was 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 known at that period in time to just to be out to get anybody and everybody, black celebrity wise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how OJ got away with murder because that everybody knew the corruption that was in that DA's office. It's like I get it, Snoop owned the car, but that's a that's a hell of a reach to try to blame him for murder. Yeah. It's like you know what I'm saying it's like I I don't know. I mean, I guess if he, if he owned the gun and bought the bullets, maybe, but he owned a car that somebody shot from, you can't help that somebody pull a gun and start popping from your window. How is that your fault? Yeah. That was that, like I said, that was that California, uh, the, 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 that the L.A. County uh, District Attorney's Office on that nonsense. And uh, again, uh, they didn't get a lot of convictions. They prosecuted my mama, but as you can see, O.J. a free man to the, well, he was a free man <laughs> on that particular conviction. Yeah. And uh, Snoop didn't go to jail either. So that's just, that was just that time, that time period, and that's why that's why eventually L.A. erupted into a goddamn you know riots. Mm-hmm. So it's just that that was that was on them. Like Snoop is not Snoop ain't nobody's murderer. I mean, I know he rolled with Rolling Twenties, but it's like oftentimes people you just you go with your boys, you know. Mm-hmm. His, his 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 click probably end up banging, and he was just like, well, I gotta hang with you know Stewie and Stevie and them, so I gotta get on over that way. Yeah. Stuff so, yes. uh, yeah, he he is a he is. Indeed, a G. You know what I'm saying? That's what that. That's what that gangster lifestyle is. But I never thought of Snoop as somebody who was actually doing dirt. You know? Yeah. Just, just a, just a cool dude smoking weed and doing his dang thing. And then there you go. Respect it. <laughs> right. That's exactly what he was for me. I mean, when I think about Snoop, I think of just one, one a really fun time in my teens. You know, like I said, it was kind of a rebellious time for me. Um, but because I, I sort of took on this 
this quasi persona being like a little wannabe G, but it was also just like a really fun time. Um, it was probably one of the, the biggest times I was really into a rap album and learning lyrics and, you know, it was just really funny. But when I think of him, I just think of it, it was just a good time. It was a great album. It was just really fun, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, I like the fact that he's still around. He's still doing things. He's, he seems like a good person. He's um he's doing well for himself. He, he seems healthy and, and he's doing good. So I'm glad that he made it. For the beyond the '90s, and we st- we still see Snoop. He's still out there. So Snoop, Snoop is still an important figure in in, in hip hop and in pop culture. And yes. I love it. And and like, who would have thought the kid, the dude from Deep Cover, was gonna make it this far? You know, I didn't. I don't. Especially especially because he was in, like I said, in the midst of the East Coast West Coast beef when we lost so many rappers mm-hmm. to just violence in general. And and so and just up and down California in general, it was like so many rappers to pass on. Like I said again, to just the violence. And it's like it's it's amazing and dope that uh, that Snoop made it this far and made it out from underneath Suge Knight's nonsense and so forth. You know. Yeah. So it's it's fantastic that that he has a family he takes good care of you know what I'm saying he does all right uh, I I remember for a moment there there was rumors of divorce but they, him and his wife seemed to work that out so oh. whatever it was they got it together <laughs> yeah and that's sweet it's, it's 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 amazing to me to see rappers who came out of the '90s um, the way they did and then they turn out to be family men with wives and children yeah. and taking care of them I was like oh warm do you remember he had a he had a he had a short a brief uh reality tv show i don't remember that yeah yeah basically just showing snoop as a dad snoop had like a basically a, a, a like a shack in his a shed in his backyard with, with a tv and a chair in it, and that he just go out there and sit out there and play games i did was, not know about that that would have been funny but I, I, just, so cool. I love to see that i love to hear that yeah the snoop dog that show probably went like i don't know 10 episodes or something like that but <laughs> I, I just like i said snoop dog is all right by me uh, he he was uh he was one of I'm, I would put him in I put him in my top ten MCs. I'm telling you already, it's, and, and I'm telling you right now, it is indeed. It's based, of course, on the Chronic, but it is G's up, hose down. G's up, hose down is so impressive as a song because it's so brief, but it's so poignant. It's like holy cow, Snoop, you are amazing. And I can't believe they took that song off that CD, uh, but you know, hey, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm definitely, telling you, I definitely listen to that. Listen, listen to that album, but then make sure after Sam Sneed said, "I think you better recognize that you listen to that song because that's where it's placed and that's where it belongs." And then the the the, the last bit of that album makes perfect sense. Everything flows better. It's like it's so dramatic a change that I feel like they should have, if they had to take that song out, they might have needed something to transition into Pump Pump better. Uh. It's just because, like I said, it, it's it's check up how the transition works in in, in its absence. Yeah, I did kind of notice that once we got the pump pump, I was a little less interested. It's, Everything it's else, it's jarring, right? That's yeah. a jarring transition in that on that album. It's like, what what is going on here? Why did you leave to here? Everything yeah. before it, I, I love pump pump is where I'm like, oh, okay, I think I'm good. But pump pump goes hard though. I'm telling you right now, I played it loud in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I gotta respect it. That that one right there, that that one knocks. That one slaps real hard. Well, Tayra, I think we have covered everything that we can for snoop dub i want to thank you for being on my show again for dropping thanks for having me again i dig it the knowledge that you do the insights that you do you know when i first started this podcast the one thing i wanted is i wanted some hip-hop heads and i wasn't sure who i'd find because i knew that they would bring a level of insight that i 
I really needed that I don't necessarily have. And you, you've done that beautifully. I was so excited about the tribe. You've done it again. I'm so happy. I'm glad, so glad to have you here. Thank I you think so much. You're doubting, I'm thinking you're doubting how well you are, how good you are at this and how much you know. Aww. Telling you, you out, you out here. You out here. Don't, 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 don't take from yourself. Aww. It's the box. The box changed us all. <laughs> Man, they need to bring the box back. We, uh, the box was so... Because just the commercials, you know, oftentimes, you know, sometimes you'd have these gaps where people weren't ordering videos. Mm-hmm. They play little previews. And like, so that's where I found out about like uh, the beat nuts and all these underground different, these things that we would not have heard. Just even like probably some country music or some uh, or some like uh, some some uh, grunge music that we didn't know existed. And we get a little yeah. taste of it like, that's kind of cool. And I think the box brought out, I'm saying people who who had it in that time change the way we look at music i know so i i just respect it i think i think like i said i think you are more uh more talented you are giving yourself credit for Aww, my dad i appreciate that and all hail the box i don't know where i'd be without the box what kind of videos would sure, i be exposed sure. to <laughs> i don't get an mtv with that censoring behinds <laughs> but yeah. yeah on that note i think we've covered everything about snoop did you have any last thoughts as i think i covered everything for me go i i so, I'm, look, I think I think we made it clear. Mm-hmm. Just in case you think we frill and we're fronting, we did. go listen to G's up hoes now on YouTube. It apparently, is important. Yeah, the, uh, I, I almost paused. Rashani dropped the link into the, the the chat for you, so you should be able to go grab it immediately. <laughs> oh, oh, wonderful! I'm gonna go check that out. All right, on that note, sh- biatch, we are out. Got a fat ass down Jake. the street. Smoking in, no, smoking, smoking, rodeo ass. <laughs> no gin and juice, laid back. With my mind on my money and my money, now my mind. Later on that day, my homie got the day, came through with a gang of tango ray. Oh my gosh. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.